The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Denver Chop House is a fine establishment, a great place to go down and enjoy a nicely, finely crafted house beer. You know, they brew their own beer there. A lot of people don't know that, that they have a brewery in-house there, and beer is all the rage, I've heard. So go down there. Check it out. It's at 18th and Wine Coop, just a block from Coors Field. They got steaks, delicious steaks. In fact, if I was going to have a steak anywhere in this city, I would go to the Denver Chop House. I think that's why they call it the Denver Chop House, because they have to, like, chop the steak off of the carcass. It's delicious. They got roast beef au jus. You know how we do. Check it out. French fries, salads, nice Caesar wedge. Check that out. It's really, really good. The Denver Chop House is a proud sponsor of the Colorado Sports Guys podcast because they love us, and we love them. And most importantly, we love you. Now enjoy the podcast show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? We are back. Colorado Sports Guys coming at you from Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. With me, as always, Ross Hipster's Glasses. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives. Where the West lives on and on and on and on. Welcome to the show. Making his way all the way down here from Thornton, we got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Uh, happy to be here at Jake's Food and Spirits. Uh, Ross Martin and I just had a lovely bowl of pozole. Finally got the pozole. Yes. You guys shared I mean, it. One spoon. Uh, one spoon. One no, spoon. Yeah. Two no, bowls. No, yeah. One bowl, two spoons. Two bowls, one spoon. It you was just like passing the spoon back and forth. <laughs> it was actually at one point we were both like chewing on the same piece of <laughs> pork and our lips <laughs> almost met. Yes, in the middle. Much like Lady in the Tramp. Yes, just <laughs> like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just cannot speak highly enough about Jake's Food and Spirits. Yes. This is a great place. It is per- it's a perfect atmosphere to go chill out and watch a game or something like that or, or just have a few beers. Partake in trivia night on Tuesdays? Tuesday nights, trivia. And it's also two for one on, 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 on Wells and on... Uh, they call that two for Tuesday. That's two pretty two. much all you have to say. Also on, uh, on tap beer. So, yeah. Draft. Boom. Draft beer. Whatever. <laughs> You're right. This is a tap beer. <laughs> It's tapped. They, they had a tap. Yeah. It's I tapped. saw a tap. It's tapped. Did see they a have tap. to go. Do you guys know like, like why it's called draught in other places? Is that pronounced draft? Draught. 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 Guinness extra draught. Yeah. Ugh. You don't like Guinness? Uh, it used to be my favorite beer. Now I can't hardly stand the sight of it. Really? Right. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just it's all out. right. I'm out it's on o- dark beers okay. for a while. It's okay. It's Guinness Irish. is like a light beer. Summer shandies ruined me for all beers. Summer shandies ruined. Yeah. Oh, look at this, Stephanie. You read my mind. My goodness. <laughs> we should maybe get another order of fried pickles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, she already a, left. Yeah, but a, the fried pickles here are oh, excellent. Yes, they are. It's excellent. So, uh, how was and your. Les Shapiro's favorite? The fried Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Les raved about the fried Oreos. We, uh, we saw him the next day at Pepsi Center, and he raved about him then, too. <laughs> he did. Um, I, haven't had him. I haven't had him, but i got to try him. You uh, should. So uh, how was your uh, weeks? Uh, I, my, my week was great. Yeah? Yeah, Denver Broncos won. I finagled a uh, yeah. new, new thing where I, I don't work Saturday nights, so I'm able to have somewhat of a life. I've been going to my dad's and watching boxing the past two Saturdays. We caught uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Marcos Maidana this weekend. Much anticipated fight number two. It was boring, but it was great to see my dad. Does that is that what it now represents all Floyd Mayweather fights? Is they're boring? Well, the first Pretty one much. against Madonna was fantastic. Like Madonna oh, came out and swinging, and this one it looked like Madonna was basically paid off or just took his three million dollar check and was happy with it. I'd be happy with that. I'm not gonna lie. I for three million dollars, I would get into the ring with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Well, I'm let, not kidding. You're not talking about. I would. You're not talking about going in yeah, and getting knocked by out. You know? pounds, so. I got at least a hundred on him, but I, I mean, I could probably take five punches before I'm dead. But I could take four, I think. 
I think I could take four. Well, well, a lot like Homer you know, Simpson when he boxed. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Like when he was That's played, the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. When he boxed, uh, who was that? Uh, Dredrick Tatum? Dredrick Tatum. That's right. <laughs> um, but we do, we do know that about much like, uh, uh, God, what's his name? The bad tipper from, from last week. Rashawn McCoy. Rashawn McCoy. Much like him, Money Mayweather is a bad tipper, apparently. Well, I, I don't judge. <laughs> I don't judge anybody. But <laughs> let me ask you this. When it comes to Floyd Mayweather and bad tipping, right, did, was there ever a story about him bad tipping poorly or something? Apparently. I mean, I've heard stories about him not being able to read. Apparently this week goes <laughs> out. Maybe that would lead to the bad tipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be a problem. <laughs> like, hey, Floyd Money Mayweather, calculate 10% on a $10 tab. And watch that go round and round. Well, he has been knocked. Not, actually, you know, he was. did you hear him talking Manny Pacquiao after the fight? You're like Pacquiao's had it for like the last two years, so I mean, that's exactly the when Floyd um, likes to fight guys. He figures out when they're washed up, and then he's like, "We got to get a fight with this guy." Like he ducked Manny for like five, six years. So yeah. is Mayweather just a genius? Because he's still the number one draw in boxing, right? Well, he's also the highest, highest paid, paid in the world, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, that's outrageous. Why is that? Who loves Floyd Money Mayweather so much that he he's gets a draw? How much? How many millions of dollars for a fight? I mean, the guy makes... He made $32 million in the last fight. Maidana made three in that in fight. In one fight. So he's got to be genius, right? See, the, and it's the way they negotiate these things. You know, you're, you're, Nate, you're a fan of... Uh, that was his base. $32 million was his base. So if the pay-per-view hit a, hit a certain mark, he's going to get more money. Plus, he's on the promotion. So, I mean... And, I him, and it's all based on him not losing. Yeah. yeah. So why would he ever take a fight he could lose? He would never. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's like, well, it's like you, you know, Nate, you follow uh, UFC. I was going to say UHF, but that was a weird Al Yankovic movie. Um, and, and it was also UFC. used to watch football. <laughs> yeah, true. the old dialer, <laughs> yeah, the second right. dial on the TV. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, <laughs> they don't pay like that. They don't pay based on pay-per-view. They, they're salaried, aren't they? Yeah, well, each fighter gets a little something different. I heard, like, uh, George St. Pierre is making somewhere around $5 million a fight, which was basically the highest. He's the most popular guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. They always kind of, there's this, I don't know, a little different. But it's, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't get paid, like, negotiation. They don't get negotiated Well, it's paid. a totally different system yeah. because when you fight for the UFC, yeah, you are contracts. an employee. You're, uh, you're under UFC, an organization. And you don't right. get to pick your fights either. And in, and in, and in professional right. boxing, you're, a, you're well, a free agent all the time. But that's also one of the problems with the UFC in that you do not get the guy that is constantly at the top. You get guys that lose every once in a while. And it's probably also just the difference in the sports as well. Cause well, that's true. UFC is only similar to boxing in that it's fighting. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. other than that, it couldn't be different. It couldn't be more different. That's true. That's true. And it's a di- completely different people who watch it, too. And furthermore, no oh, one even like cares both. about boxing and or UFC. Nate's one of the few who likes Except both. for Nate, Nate Timmons. Dude, I actually met uh, a guy today that runs uh, Havana City Cigars. And he does. he's a cigar in the cigar business, but he's also been a boxing coach for 34 years. And he showed me on his phone, like, he was with Miguel Cotto for three of his recent fights. Who's, he's I just, don't know who that is. Uh, he's a title holder right now. But he, he just had all these pictures, Oscar UFC? De La Hoya, Shane Mosley, boxing. boxers. Oh. And it's just, it was cool, man. I was like, holy crap, dude. Like, I and had no idea. And he has a cigar shop in Denver? They supply cigars to various businesses. They have, like, they supply cigars to 217 stores throughout Colorado. He's like a distributor. Yeah, of their cigars. Cuban cigars. Delicious. Or a Cuban, Cuban family. They're not, I don't know. Probably not real Cuban cigars. But. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if that would Cuban be legal, family. but uh, <laughs> if they're a Cuban family, probably living in Miami. It was awesome, though, Living man. off I the was, drug money. I was blown away looking at all these pictures, and I'm, I'm naming guys. I'm like, well, that's Bob Arum. That's Triple G. And he's like, man, you really do kind of know boxing. I'm like, I'm you telling should, you, man, this is amazing. I you remember a boxing podcast. I remember watching. I remember watching from this one. Uh, Evander Holyfield and <laughs> I remember watching Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe fight twice. I believe they actually never fought. Just kidding. And I was thinking like it was the early mid nineties, I think mid nineties, and then Foreman fought and stuff like that. But it was, you know, I think the heavyweight division was more respectable back then. But even then, it was on the decline. I think boxing in general is just. 
outside of the occasional fight, you just don't see the, the draw that it used to be. But will Manny Pacquiao fight Floyd Mayweather? I don't know. We'll see. Those are actually only even two guys anymore. actually know, and I feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're the I don't, like yeah, forty years old. Now yeah, I don't think that. that was I don't even think Pacquiao ago. would want. Why would he want to do that? You know, be, be a sacrificial lamb for uh, Floyd Mayweather. You yeah, know? I don't know. I love Manny though. If if I could adopt Manny Pacquiao, I'd do it. <laughs> if you could adopt him, <laughs> adopt him, or either way. I mean, whatever. I think, yeah. If we were like best friends, that'd be cool. I like Manny, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao is cool, man. He's also a senator or a representative in his... Uh, Philippines, yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. Good guy. First job, selling Lucy cigarettes on the street. Manny Pacquiao. Lucy cigarettes. Selling the old Lucys. Hmm. So that's what I did this weekend. I watched boxing with my dad, hung out. It was a good time. That's fantastic. I uh, had one of those. I was telling Ross earlier, and I'm going to tell on the podcast. I've been on this diet and slash workout program, and... You look great, by the way. Today, well, thank you. Today was the first day I felt 36 years old. Seriously, my body was like, stop. You probably haven't felt (laughs) that since you were 46. I know. And I didn't know. I'm I'm at least 70. And I was laying in bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking, I'm going to die soon. I I cannot move my legs. I'm 85 years old. I have done walking, this walk-jog thing, which is called interval. And... It's very effective, but for someone who doesn't wasn't exactly a someone who would jog or walk or run before, it's hard. And then today, when my body was just like, "You will not do it today," and I just could, I was couldn't get out of bed. And my legs were on fire. But you're and doing it the right <laughs> way. Like uh, my other BFF, Joe Rogan, often talks about this. If you're going to get back into exercising, you don't like you know go to the gym and run two miles you know yep. you work your way back in slow and then you get your feet under you that's yeah. what you're doing i like that's, it I, I, and I, I really it's effective and i'm on this diet called five two diet and it's very good too and uh it's i i like it and uh but that's what basically what's been consuming my life lately other than my you know my job is just basically dieting and and trying to get in shape and stuff like that which is what you i really should have done years ago but uh and scanning colorado for pasole uh, I found it right <laughs> at Chicks Food and Spirits. So did Ross. <laughs> I did. It's good. And Nate, but Nate kind of wanted another bowl. Different. Kind of want another bowl right now. Yeah, it's good. I went with a pork sandwich, which was also amazing. God, they do it right here, Jake's. They do it right right here. They do. So Jeff, good job. Keep, oh, thank keep you. Keep it up. Thank you. Tomorrow you'll be ready to go at it again. Oh yeah, I'm gonna wake up at six in the morning like I usually do and go get some coffee and then get you know my way. So. Good for you. I'm not one of those health guys, though, where you know they they drink only vegetable puree or whatever before they go. Out. Is that what that cutthroat I would have is? To, uh, pure vegetable puree. Yes, it is. I'd have to. This stop. must be one of those two days. Yes, Tuesdays is always the two day. If I woke so up at five. six a.m., oh, I, mean. yeah. <laughs> I wake up at six a.m. If I'm drinking coffee at six fifteen, I start my walk, and then around six forty-five, I got to find a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. What's that? I feel loosening. <laughs> well, the coffee's that is, ready. That is the best part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, coffee, delicious. Oh, sometimes right. I go to bed and just just can't wait. Just, I go to bed early just so I can shorten the time that I'm conscious between when my next cup of coffee. Is. Hey, tell you what, great coffee, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't know what they put in that, but their regular black coffee is like. Amazing. I the best coffee I've ever I don't know had. if that's true. This is very There's true. no way that's true. It's me and Brett Barrett. Okay. We'll let, <laughs> Who we is will, Brett Barrett? Former, <laughs> former Nuggets. Former Rockies draft. Former Nuggets executive, Brett Barrett. Oh, I drink the Russell Wilson coffee. Oh, the Starbucks? I don't know. I just, it's former Rockies draft pick. Yes. I, you need to drink some like bulletproof <laughs> coffee or caveman coffee. He does? You do. That's what you should be drinking. Yeah. Caveman coffee. What's that? Is that the stuff that Steve Martin Martin was drinking in Deadwind Don't Wear Plaid? No, never mind. You guys have both never seen. They do something where they roast the coffee beans in like a butter or something, and it just tastes really good. I guess they roast it in butter. butter? Something about I'm butter. In. Yeah, something wow. with butter, and it's supposed to be delicious. That's caveman. Some coffee? people put butter caveman into their coffee. coffee instead of milk. Yeah, and this it guy, the guy that made it's like a former. Uh, MMA fighter. So really, I drink, I drink my coffee yeah. straight well, up. Black. Your next job is to find me that coffee. Caveman coffee. It's probably <laughs> cavemancoffee.com or something. I mean, I want you to look it up for me. And Google's then a lot smarter. Just go to the Amazon banner at the top of Colorado Sports Guys before you yes, buy the caveman coffee. Yeah. Coffee. 
Caveman coffee. Caveman coffee. <laughs> I love it. Ross, you got some headlines God, you cooked yeah, up? Yeah, but I kind of got to go to the bathroom. Oh, go ahead. Me and Jeff will talk about the nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> Time for a nuggets update. Oh, by the way, I'll leave this question for you guys. Did the United States of America win the FIBA World Cup? Yes, they did. They did. I was Old trying metal. to find a headline for that because I heard it a little birdie. <laughs> I couldn't find a single one. Really? Not a single <laughs> periodical or newspaper or anything actually had a headline about the United States winning the first ever FIBA. Is it the first? Mm, do you want me to pull up one? Matt Moore's article on it? Could yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be back in three minutes. Okay. <laughs> guys, talk about that. I'm sure it's awesome. We'll get season to make a deposit. We'll do a crowd cheer for some headlines, and I'll find Matt Moore's article on that. We'll talk just about that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, people. The big talk of the town after this uh, this FIBA tournament is that Kenneth Reed is in line for some sort of big payday. Yeah, which I don't buy. I don't know where the headline is, but the USA beat Serbia and beat them bad. It was it wasn't even close. One twenty nine to ninety two or something like that. But, but you know, anyone who watched the FIBA tournament knows that other than Spain, who choked against France, they're literally was no competition for the U.S. in this, even with the Z team that the U.S. fielded. France was pretty good. They had a pretty good team. Yeah, they were, they were good. For I mean, Nicholas Batum and uh, Diaw. Diaw. Joffrey yeah. Laverne started yeah. for him. And Joffrey Laverne, I heard from various sources associated with the Nuggets, they were very, very impressed with how he was playing. Very solid. Very solid. I've heard him... He's kind of um, like a 4.7 rebound guy. I've heard a couple of people compare him to Nick Collison, so... We'll get that to look forward to. Uh, yes. A great yeah, bench yeah. player. Yes, great long-time bench player. How about, how about Tim the... Duncan? <laughs> Nick Collison. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Come on, guys. Raise the expectations. <laughs> Josh Conkey wants banners. Come yes, on. He, he wants banners. Not, uh, we got the next Nick Collison on the way. We got the Nick, next Nick Collison. Not, and not exactly going to. Kenneth Reed is the next uh, Ronaldo was it, That was the thing. So one of my, uh, <laughs> one of my buddies had texted me. Um, I think yesterday, and was saying he heard Fareed did really well, and you know, he, hearing that. Oh man, I, I'm hearing that Kenneth Fareed's gonna, you know, he's making a leap, and he's gonna be, you know, maybe this is gonna motivate him to become such a better player. And you know, I thought, yeah, that's probably all well and good, but I mean, how good can he actually be? You know, I mean, he just he's, he's never gonna really have that that great jumper. I mean, he's an energy guy, and I don't know if an energy guy can be. Energy guys have ceilings. Yeah. They, 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 because they rely so much on energy, they don't have that versatile offensive game. And unfortunately, right, talking about me. Unfortunately, <laughs> Ross does not have a versatile offensive game. Um, but in that context, you know, it's hard to be paying someone like that fourteen million dollars a year. You know, but you know, one one thing for the basketball nerds out there: the new TV contract is about to be signed, and the salary cap is supposed to jump a lot. And that may affect how salaries are, which could be good for them. I mean, if the Nuggets can lock him down to a, a deal around ten million a year right now, that's going to look like a I really f- good deal. I really do think. I really do think Fareed is about ten million. Fareed? Yeah, the stock might have gone up would. recently. Yeah, did and you guys already talk about that? Well, that's kind of what he was saying. You know, he did that Q and A with Mark Stein, and Mark Stein asked him about the contract thing and kind of leadership role and stuff, and. Kenneth kind of kept saying, you know, I'm fi- I'm getting some respect nationally is kind of what he was saying. You know, people are start- finally starting to respect me and blah, blah, blah outside of Denver's. I, I kind of got the feeling that he's, you know, has been feeling the cold shoulder from the rest of the league. But, you know, like, like you said, Jeff, if, if we would have seen Spain versus the U.S., we would have seen Kenneth Reed's Bugaboos, Pau Gasol, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Yep. I mean, those are guys that he struggles against. So as you didn't really get to see. I mean, yeah, we saw Kenneth Reed playing against – I think Lithuania had a, uh, I don't know, 42-year-old power forward yeah. that was trying to guard him. So, and, come and, on. And Freed wasn't exactly tremendous against the uh, Serbian team either. But, I mean... Did you guys the, actually watch all these games? I watched a lot of them. I watched yeah. a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's because, awesome. we, because we're, we're sad, sad people. Well, and like these are like 10 in the morning. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. You know, it's at 1 o'clock. It does sound fun. But it, you know it's international competition. And it's a different game. It's not this. It's really just it's a different. You can offensive goaltend all you want. You can. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Offensive goaltend. The ball's on the cylinder. You just go up. And dunk well, that you know what? In. That's a good point. Why can't you offensive goaltend? It makes no sense. You should I mean, be they, able to do that in the NBA. I think they want the defense and the offense to have a fair shot at the ball, so they don't allow you to do that. But it's like okay, if something's going into a cylinder anyway, and then you just force it in there more. 
What's wrong? I, that makes perfect. Well, Fonzo Ellis used to have the, a lot of those offensive goaltending penalties, and I'm like, well, but you just negated a spectacular dunk. <laughs> Come on, give a throw a bone here. Yeah, offensive goaltending should not be a penalty. I agree. No, I, I really, completely it's, agree. It's your goal. Yeah, you should yeah. be able to do whatever you want to do with your goal. It's your dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's like same. Like if it's your kids. <laughs> Speaking of which, should we go into All headlines? Right, let's go into headlines. Yeah, we'll stay in there. And but like, like I said, with Fleet, you know, going, I mean, it's. I think what he can take away from that is getting to work with a great coaching staff. Tom Thibodeau, a defensive mind. Mike Shashevsky, a guy that instills confidence. I mean, it sounded like he instilled a lot of confidence in Kenneth Fareed. They told him to go out and play his game, which is you know the Nuggets tell him that as well. So I mean, he he kind of got to do more of the same for him. He wasn't really showing off. You know, incredible post moves and jump shots. He was just dunking basketballs and running up and down the floor, which is what he's best at, which is not really, if, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, you've seen this from Fareed. Exactly. You've seen it from Fareed, and I'm not entirely sure how it's going to fit into the Nuggets offensive scheme going forward. It, I mean, you're, once you're playing against NBA players, it just changes. And... He did well at the end of last season, but at the end of last season, there was a confluence of circumstances that really helped Fareed out. One, most, most of it being every viable player on the Nuggets was injured by the time he was starting to really excel. So the Nuggets really had nothing else. Everything went through Fareed, if you know, remember in these games. They always threw the ball to Fareed in the post and sometimes to Mozgov. And and then he was the beneficiary of it, but you know, well, he's going to come thing. back, and he's going to have all these healthy players. He's not going to get those opportunities. But that's the thing. What what if he pushes for those opportunities and really excels, or what if he is serious about taking a, a bigger leadership role at the team? And what if he inserts himself? And what if he picked up some good habits from you know these top athletes that he was training with and living with for a matter of weeks? It will. Only, that's the best thing you hope for is that he picked up some. He'll only be able to lead on the Nuggets if they let him. And I and it really would depend on whether they respect him enough to lead. Yeah, I mean that's really really what it's going to boil down to. And, so. and Freed is is from my take from me seeing him, he's kind of a goofball that is not too serious and not too detail oriented, or hasn't been. So is that going to change? That's the biggest. Thing. Yeah, that's nearly the biggest so question. His mindset was different when he was surrounded by all these other guys, and it was a Carmelo Anthony esque. Well, let's it say was he a national yeah. type spotlight. Frankly, yeah, and he, and he's saying all the right things. Now we're going to see if he's going to do all the right things with training camp coming up. You can talk a good game, but just around the corner uh, for I people out there the listening. Day was coming up. For people up out there listening, there's a reason. There's a lot of skepticism about Fareed coming back, and it's not because we don't believe in him. It's because he needs to be able to prove it over a longer period of time than just one a month and a half at the end of the NBA regular season. And if he does, I by all means pay the guy. But, I mean, you you also have to say, I mean, he really was – I mean, Matt Moore touched on this in his piece about uh, wrapping up the the FIBA. The MVPs were Anthony Davis and Kenneth Fareed. I mean, Fareed really was one of the the go-to guys on that team, which was pretty incredible. But, you know, at the same time, they're they're playing the lower Baltic states, and it's like – It's good to see when you're surrounded (laughs) by, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, James Harden. I mean, you see a nugget, Kenneth Fareed, a young guy that really took and, and, and kind of ran with the opportunity given to him, which was, it was better than, hey, Kenneth Fareed played two minutes and didn't really do much, yeah. you know? Well, you know, hey, just, I, like I guess that. they have to thank Kevin Durant and Kevin Love for pulling out, you know? And Blake Griffin. And Blake, Blake Griffin. <laughs> and Paul George. And, and Paul George. And LeBron James. And, and LeBron James. And Kamar Anthony. <laughs> I mean, let's let's face it. This was not the A team that was playing with the nut. Two greatest words in American history: default. <laughs> well, you know what is great is that at least uh, we won it. Yeah, at yeah. least we won it. You don't want to be the USA team that gets silver or bronze. God, there's hell to pay. Remember two thousand four? We should just field. <laughs> and they won we the bronze. Field. But that was in the Olympics, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, the Olympics is probably harder than the FIBA World Cup, right? Who won that year? Was it Argentina? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. The manager you know, is, is, is the Olympics, like in soccer, of course, the FIFA World Cup is. That's the peak. Well, this That's is what the they're peak. trying to but figure in out. In the Olympics, basketball. International goes, country versus country. You Olympics always, is more yeah. important. That's the yeah, thing now. So. They're trying to figure out, is it going to be FIBA or is it going to be the Olympics or is it going to be the NBA? Like, 
you can have one of those tournaments, either the Olympics or FIBA, be the big spotlight where all the guys go play, but you got to decide which one. And that's what NBA owners are talking about. Mark Cuban's talking about it a lot. You know, are we going to send all of our guys to FIBA? Are we going to send them to the Olympics? We can't send them to both. They're going to be playing way too much at that point. So, Which is interesting because I guess it's just not comparable to the way soccer lines up. You know, because yeah. you got you got in soccer, you got your club teams, and then these club yeah. teams play every year in the European Championship, but then they also play in the World Cup every four years, and then they, they even loan players to other teams, and we got loan players in the, in, in the MLS, we got loan players playing all over, but it doesn't work. I, I think the NBA is too uh, injury riddle, riddled. Yeah, because you're on a grass field versus a well, let, let, cap. Let me tell you, every, 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 NBA, much more. every NBA owner saw the Paul George injury in a front, in, in, in a just a what was it? It was it was just a, a scrimmage, right? Yeah, and inter squad inter squad scrimmage, and it, he shattered his leg. You know, and most players are like, "Well, it's a freak injury. It's, you can happen at any to anyone at any time, even right. in the NBA." The owners are like, "I don't want these guys going out there doing this in an inconsequential match." You know, which <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's. It's the off season. Players are free to do what they want. I would say just let them. You know. Yeah, but I would also say that when they're playing, you know, with their the team that's paying them, that they also have trainers and they have. It's true. You know, well, I think a lot NBA of teams have first them. rider refusal where they like. I think the Spurs didn't allow Manu Ginobili to go play or Tony Parker. The, the, all true. the NBA that's teams true. should not let the foreign players play with their. Teams, and we should just let like yeah. guys like Kenneth Fareed go play for the United States. <laughs> well, it States. gets some valuable experience, you know. Gets, <laughs> you know, you worry about coming back from those things because the players are often really tired and they burn out in the middle of the season. You know, it's just it's just fact of life because you're you're playing basketball intensely all through your off season. You know, so it it's a little different from like the NFL off season where they really are written into the contract where you have to have rest. You know, and and with these things, you go to the Olympics or you do something like that. But it's the Olympics like, is like, what, two weeks? How long was the FIBA thing? Oh, man. Well, they did. It was they several like months, six right? Six games in eight days at one oh, point. Oh, it was only. So it was like, that was kind of Okay, weird. so it wasn't a short period of time. It was, they did two weeks. I thought they were doing like uh And then they also did friendlies before that. Yeah, they did oh. a qualifiers exp- expedition. So it's probably not that much. Not a it's month. It's probably not that much. It's a month, I, I think. mean, the NBA basketball season is From the games. end of July to the beginning of September. I think you also have to play games to qualify for the FIBA World Cup team and all that. Like, yeah, Bosnia. Well, what they do in uh, the World Cup for soccer is they do it over a matter of years. Yeah, yeah same they thing. They should with do this. that. They do. Yeah, oh. that's what, kind of what they're going to do. But that's the thing too is, like Jeff saying, you know, these guys are done with the season, done with the playoffs, and it's like, okay, now I got to go play for the FIBA qualifying games and blah blah. I don't know. It's crazy. There's a lot of stuff. It's but just basketball. They're just playing games of basketball. Throw that, some. That it's that just hard. a pickup game. It's not that hard. <laughs> Throw some headlines at us, Ross. Give us. Give us some more. Do I get to hear? Uh, Crowd noise? Yeah, we'll do it again. Again? Yeah. I wasn't here. Remember we did it and then you excused yourself? <laughs> All right, I don't know. You guys, uh, I, I'm assuming you guys watched the Denver Bronco football match. Yes. American football match. American did football they actually match. play again or did they just replay last week's game? They played <laughs> against the Chiefs. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, because you thought there were similarities between the games. Is that what you're saying? Sorry. You're picking up what I'm putting down there. Yeah, there were similarities. <laughs> Because they had a great first half and the shitty second half. 24 points again. Let the other team come back again. Well, we could talk about that, but I'm here to bring up one headline. Yes. You guys watched the game. It was on CBS. Yes. Petition. Here's the headline. Petition seeks to ban Phil yeah. Sims from Broncos games. Yes. I love it. I hate Phil Sims. Nate, all right, you're in a hate Phil Sims side. Jeff, how about you? I don't. I actually don't really care. It. I don't. <laughs> just makes Broncos fans look really bad. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? Well, For once, Jeff, I'm going to agree with you. Hold on. <laughs> Jeff, wouldn't you like to ban uh, John Barry from calling Nuggets games? Absolutely. but Yes. But you know, to be honest with you? You can't have it both ways, no, Jeff. No. I would never sign a petition to get... There's, a, there's certain realities to this thing. You have to put up with shitty announcers, specifically on these national games. Just because you have a petition, that doesn't mean that CBS is going to in any way they honor have the petition. 30,000. This is on change.org, Nate. 
Oh, change.org. 30,000 signatures it's a on this that has ridiculous where thing. Anybody can start one. So this will change things. <laughs> Great. It just has You're, made Broncos fans look so bad. By the way, Jeff, yes, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I watched the game, and I didn't think Phil Simms was any. I thought Phil Simms was exactly the way Phil Simms always is. Mediocre. And boring. Mediocre or pretty good, yeah. pretty boring. Yeah. Same with but, Troy Aikman. They're the same person. Yeah. Like, Old, I, I like Troy Aikman a lot better than Phil Simms. Okay. At least Troy Aikman can pronounce Now, bangles. Joe, they saw the first down marker, and then they hit it. Now, that's what you need on the football team. <laughs> but, but, but being... What you got there is a guy that's a quarterback. What I do understand is that that is a pretty difficult job to do. Yeah. And crazy? I can yes, do that. I think that is difficult. Well, it's difficult to do it, but <laughs> not sound you like an idiot. I mean, you could do it, Nate. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you could do it. it. I'm sure yeah, you be could. Terrible. <laughs> but but I don't think Phil Sims is any much better or much worse. I think still the the John Gruden is one of the best color guys because he is just enthusiastic uh, about everybody. <laughs> Love John Gruden. See, and that's what you need from announcers. You need a little bit of that excitement. Phil Sims it always like it makes the game like seem like the energy is dying. But what what gets me what, what what gets me and, and is that the reason why Phil Sims does a lot of Bronco games is because Phil Sims and Jim Nance are the number one team yes. and he, they do all the number one games. So what do you want as a Bronco fan for your team? Do you want to be a bad guy, and then you get some dude you've never heard of do the play-by-play in the color, or do you just want to watch your team win a game? I mean, they won the game. Yeah. It is. Does it really matter? I I saw this petition, and I'm like, don't be that guy. Don't whoever be wrote that, that peti- <laughs> Whoever wrote that thing, is is it a third grader who wrote that? <laughs> Me no like Phil that, Sims. That's why. That's got why cooties. it looks makes Bronco fans look so bad. Because it, it was also poorly written. Let me read an excerpt from this petition. You have it? Phil Sims, Smelly, he probably had cooties. <laughs> me no want him, call my Broncos. Go Broncos on three. One, two, three, Broncos. Listen, when you are a Denver Bronco fan, do you really need to have an announcer up there telling you how good your team is? Listen, it does make Bronco fans look stupid. It makes them look like they don't understand football. Oh, I know. It makes them look like they don't understand how things work. Phil Sims is under no obligation to sing the praises of Peyton Manning at all times. Of course times. not. Of course not. Phil Simms is under no obligation to sit there and, I mean, listen, he's bad. Everyone understands this about Phil Simms. You can always... What? You can always mute the damn television or listen to the radio or turn it down to where you can hear the crowd noise on the television. But Just... St- I. Getting him banned. It just makes Bronco fans look so bad. It does, and it makes me... And by the way, you know what also makes Bronco fans look pretty bad? People already hate Broncos fans, though, so they who do. gives a shit? They do hate Bronco fans. And, and, and that's one thing. I was reading on uh, one of the, the Kansas City blog, right? Arrowhead uh, Pride? Was that, is that the SB Nation yeah. one? Yeah, and then they had some like 14-year-old write a post about this <laughs> very thing. And then they were like making fun of Bronco fans, but then they sound even stupider because they're saying something like... <laughs> They're like, they, Bronco fans couldn't even be satisfied with a successful team. They have to also want a better announcer. And it's like, hey, the Bronco fans are so stupid. And I'm like, yes, now we have the stupid guy from Kansas City telling Bronco fans are stupid. And it's Listen, like, go, we should go, all rise above this. Right? Go gnaw on another rib. Okay, Kansas City fan, I don't care. But there is a, there is a prevailing notion about... I think everyone should have this. National announcers. I used to hate Todd Christensen. I oh, thought he, he was, was terrible. I used to hate him because he was an ex-Raiders uh, tight end. And he, he was would, boring as shit. He was boring, and he, he would, showed contempt for the Broncos on every, every... I hated him. But you know what? I never thought, hmm, I think I'm going to create a ridiculous petition to have him banned from ever covering a Broncos game. And then why do local news in Denver pick it up as a story? Oh, my God. Well, you're talking about it. You're right. <laughs> we're ta- hey, hey, listen. <laughs> we, 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 we're talking about it. Now. When we're talking about, like, the panels that they have on, you know, the football, Sunday football, whatever, yeah. CBS. Yeah. One guy was singing the Broncos' praises, a guy I've hated for my entire life, is uh, 
Tony Gonzalez. Oh, Tony Gonzalez, yeah. Yes. Loving the Broncos. And I was like, man. I, this guy's all right. I can't believe I ever hated that guy. Because, of course, you're going to get Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's not on anymore. He? He's gone. He's been fired. He got fired. But Tom Jackson is there, right? Yep. Tony Gonzalez was replaced Shannon Sharp, I suppose. Yeah. I think Shannon Sharp was on CBS and Tony yeah, Gonzalez is on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no I think Gonzalez Tony Gonzalez is on, is on CBS. CBS too. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Barkley was on CBS and Boomer Esiason. He's an idiot. He just kept trying to make fun of Charles Barkley. I was like, Barkley, oh. get up and smack oh. the shit out of okay. him. Okay, that reminds me. I got another headline. Okay, good. Here's another headline. Uh, Minnesota governor calls Vikings Peterson an embarrassment and should be suspended. Interesting. So we all know this story, obviously. Yes. Now, I, I got up early I didn't, you know, to watch uh, the CBS morning show, and I, I turned it on in the middle of Boomer Esiason making comments about the Adrian Peterson ordeal. And he was out there just screaming at the top of his lungs about how you never hit a kid. You never blah. And he should never play it down in the NFL ever again. Blah, 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 blah. And all I'm thinking to myself is how transparent this rant is. Because, yes, it's very hard to, to argue with someone who's making these points. But I don't trust Boomer Esiason oh, any yeah. farther than I can throw him. And I'm like, this is straight off the Ray Rice thing. And he's trying to get out in front of it. And instead of delaying everybody's judgment like they did with Ray Rice, he's like, oh, I'm going to show the most outrage possible. So then I'm never going to be held accountable for not expressing my views. Boomer is irritating on many different levels. It was. And he's always been insufferable. And he's a typical, you know, loud mouth. He is a loud mouth. And remember, I remember when he was on Monday Night Football, Al Michaels. Hated him. Yeah. Absolutely. Boomer hated Sison him. was on Monday Night Football. Yeah, remember, yeah. it was like he replaced Dan Deardorff. He was terrible. And Deardorff wasn't great either. But Deardorff I mean, was great when he was on Monday Night Football. When he was on Monday Night Football, he was. The last got, couple of years, he yeah. gone down. Like, he became the Baltimore Ravens fan. I did hate <laughs> Dan Deardorff, by the way. Yeah. I, I think everybody can probably agree that you shouldn't seriously injure your child when disciplining them. <laughs> but I, there's so many different ways to, to parent. I don't have any kids, so I, I don't really know. But I, I I got spanked growing up, you know, and like some kids get spanked or whatnot, and there's just like, like the, this whole thing with like Boomer saying you should never hit a kid. There's well, he's different also ways. Saying Adrian Peterson should never play a down in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he said that. But then it's guys, just funny having these guys trying to. You're having former NFL players trying to tell us how life should work in all cases. All cases are either black or white. You know, well, there's well, no gray area. There's no. It's just it's most, getting crazy, man. Yeah. And there's just. I mean, obviously what Adrian Peterson did was it's obviously not good to injure anyone, but when you're having these, it's like we have just these mobs of people going after people now. It's just, it's crazy. Yes, and you're either on one side of it or you're on the wrong side of it. Well, yeah. and, and it's it, this public perception, and you just said the mob. We talked about the mob last well, week with Ray Rice. Well, it's worse because it's the NFL. Everything is amplified because it's the most popular sport like, in well, the nation. Peterson shouldn't play. Roger Goodell should be fired. Listen, who else says something? Let's I'll, I'll tell you everybody. this. <laughs> I, I will. I will tell you this. When I, my first reaction after I saw the pictures of what had happened, after I my first reaction was he. I'm, he's lucky he's not near me because I had my own close encounter with someone who had been abusing a child, and I I lost my mind that day. So but, tell that story, okay? Because I, and make it quick, Jeff. Don't, I can't. Use, don't do your usual chest day. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was 1906. Um, <laughs> I just grew my first mustache. 19, it wasn't a snow. It wasn't a rain. It, it was, was more of a slurry. 1997, <laughs> I think. I was about 19, 20 hey, years I, Should I tell the story? <laughs> I know the story. I, I was at McDonald's. I was with my little brother, Mike. Um we were in the drive-through. I looked to my left, immediate left, and the, the guy came out of the, uh, the McDonald's. He had a little girl who could have been more than three in his arms. She was holding a balloon. He was screaming at her. All right. Then he t- picks her up and she just like, laughed for some reason. <laughs> he, picked her, he picked her up and shook her violently, and then started punching her on her legs. Jesus. And then he he got to his car. Opened the door, threw her inside the car, hit her head on top of the uh, of the door. This was uh, doorway Z twenty eight. 
Camaro. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I think it was a Cadillac. And he <laughs> he hit her head on top of that. And I, I just, I, 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 all I remember is this. I told, I looked at my brother. I threw the car into park. I looked at my little brother and I said, go inside and call, call the cops. Uh, I think he was like 12, 13 at the time. I opened the door, went to my trunk, got a bat. I went over to him and I said, sir. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Sir. And he looks at me, and he's, like, really angry. I showed him the bat. I said, my little brother's in there in McDonald's uh, calling the cops right now. Um, if you try to take off or if you try to leave, I will beat you worse than you just beat your little girl with this bat. And I stood there, and I'm, like, holding it ready to pound the guy. And the guy, he's, he had got this big eye. I'll never forget this. He had this really large eyes. Bigger eyes than I've ever seen on anyone. Just, and it was that wasn't a look of scared. It was like I can't believe you're doing this kind of thing. Less than a minute later, the cops show up. I mean, it was that quick. I give my statement. They take the guy away. My only regret in the situation is that I didn't call the cops myself. That's my only regret. I I should have done that. So you did a good thing. You did a good thing, and and I understand that. But there is. A difference between what that guy was doing and what Adrian Peterson did, yeah. And and I'm and I, I I'm under the, under, under the belief that what Adrian Peterson did was wrong, but I'm not under the belief that he should be kicked out of the NFL or suspended. Now, I. I feel like the NFL has gotten into this weird situation where everybody that is uh, the mob, as is, is we might, might say, has so much influence over what's going on that the judicial system in this country is being circumvented. And, and it's like, well, we do have a judicial system in this country, and it is being circumvented by the mob in that just because a high-profile person does something, they can have their livelihood taken away. They can be outcast of the society, yet no due process has happened. And people will say, well, we looked at the pictures and we looked at the video and we did all this. And so what else is there to say? Well, that is the whole reason why we have a judicial system. That is the whole reason why we have a court system. And I'm kind of under the belief now that no matter what happens, the NFL should just get rid of their policies all of their rules and say we are only going to punish people based on what has happened in the court of law because it it might be imperfect but it's the only one there is otherwise we are just kind of uh, the nfl in particular and in in the nba and any organization any any company could be affected by this and just say you know what we're going to let the judicial system play itself out and whatever happens there that's when we make our judgment and that's when we and that's when we decide whether or not we're going to take away somebody's livelihood and we're going to outcast them, cast them out from society. And I think somebody asked uh, the Patriots owner, I think Robert Kraft was asked about this, like, are, are you going to, you know, if you have a situation, you know, like Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson come up, are you going to immediately, you know, uh, suspend that guy and get rid of him until everything plays out? And he's like, no, I'm going to let the judicial system play itself out and then we'll respond afterwards what, or something. Well, that's Any interesting because he that's interesting. We were in a similar situation. That's interesting because he he cut Aaron Hernandez before he had been gone through the courts. <laughs> that's a good point. I, yeah, might I mean, that. I might have it wrong. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, but, that's no, true, but, right? but you know, but listen. I don't think if, if none of this situation would be uh, having we wouldn't be in this situation right now if Goodell had handled the Ray Rice situation good to start with. But but they do it but the good spiraled from the Goodell handle it poorly or not. And that's the big question. I mean, when you talk about individual team owners, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. But as far as the NFL stepping in and saying we are going to okay. suspend somebody. Well let, let, let's okay, let's revise this and say the Baltimore Ravens. Was Aaron Hernandez like uh, suspended? I don't remember. Did they the suspend him? And did they cut? Did they cut him after they? I don't remember, man. It was it was I weird. I, I remember I, uh, this morning. <laughs> but it is interesting that that <laughs> now now it's out of control. Now it's, it's out of control. I mean, Aaron Hernandez allegedly f- fucking shot somebody in the head. Yeah, we're we're talking multiple NFL. murders. At yeah, this multiple point. murders yeah. at this point. And yeah. then it's only when Ray Rice gets caught on tape. And then it's only when Adrian Peterson. By the way, Adrian Peterson 
this came out just only a week after the Ray Rice fiasco. It's interesting was that no one knew but, about it but, until but now. Ray Rice, yeah. or Adrian Peterson was already a known scumbag as far as being a parent. Yeah, for that's true. for years. Yeah, uh, it was only a year ago that his son was killed, and Adrian Peterson had never even met him. Oh, that was yeah, the killed by his uh, like his. Uh, his ex baby's mama's yeah, baby's boyfriend. mama's boyfriend yeah okay yeah. i mean adrian peterson was no boy scout right i mean it it's just this this is only a big deal because it happened when well, it happened well it is a quagmire and it's it's something well, that's the thing like every time you get in trouble in the nfl now are you going to get kicked out of the league well like, this is this is something well, this, this is, is a this is a situation Everybody's that is outraged. only this this is a situation that is only going to resolve itself in the most painful way possible for the NFL. That's the only way this is going to happen. They can't pull a rabbit out of the hat with this because there's just too much going on. Well, the, the, what they've been doing is they've been just saying, okay, we're going to respond to the public outrage by saying that we're going to have more extreme consequences. More extreme com- consequences. That's been the definition. Well, now, of now they're Roger, in trouble with the that's union That's been the for definition that. yeah. of Roger Goodell's tenure yeah. as commissioner is that he's going to be harder and harder and harder yeah. on, on everything. My rule right? is law. I am and absolute. I'm yeah. saying if they, want, if they really want to get out ahead of this, they just say, you know what? We can't satisfy you people. <laughs> We're done. We're not even going to have any more punishments at an NFL level. We're going to let the judicial system cover everything. And, yes, they might lose some sponsorships. I heard Budweiser starting to speak out against some yeah. of this stuff. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was like, the weakest like thing. Budweiser gives two shits about <laughs> was, any of these people. That was, like, like that was, the, that was just a way for them to wag their finger and then still sell beer. That was all what that was Budweiser, about. Budweiser, company responsible don't for give a shit. millions there of will deaths. Be yes. some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As if, as if hey. corporations are like the only uh, you know moral <laughs> institutions out here because they're, yeah, yeah. that NFL, was the most laughable. You NFL or dirty water? Us alcohol company. <laughs> no one's ever proven anything bad with <laughs> alcohol. And Nate knows all about alcohol companies. But I he works do think store. Roger Goodell could end up going down for this, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change. I think a thing if Roger Goodell goes out because. No, it's just more mobs getting rid of another perceived well, bad guy. And he's just I th- Alfred Williams said on, I, I never listened to. But I will say this real quick, Jeff. Okay. I, I will say whoever the next commissioner is, is going to get paid $80 million a year instead of 42 Because it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to get somebody to replace Goodell. Because who in their right mind would take that job? Well, there's a couple things that have been laid bare in this. Um, and Alfred Williams talked about it. Scott Hastings talked about it. And I think that there's a couple very clear things that are happened concurrently. One, the NFL is in, in, in one of those spirals that it's hard to pull out of. It's just one of those things. And two, as people already knew this, but I don't think it had been laid bare as, as clearly as it has been now, that the NFL really just regards you as a cash register. And because the only reason Adrian Peterson was reactivated was because people were upset that the Vikings lost. That was it. If the Vikings had won on Sunday, Adrian Peterson wouldn't have been reinstated. I don't agree with that. I, I yeah, there's no way. I don't no, agree. no, there's no way. I, I think there's no way. The, he, it, things got worse for Adrian Peterson over the weekend. There's no way after that they no, would have said, oh, yeah, no, 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 no this is fine. What they do is they got ahead of the news cycle, and they said, we can cut this news cycle short by saying he's deactivated. Well, from what I hear, they, may, they, they a, may deactivate him again. Well, I'm sure not. they will. I, me too. That's, uh, <laughs> me too. I tried to trade him early. Early, as soon as they announced this is coming back, I was like, I'm gonna get, I got rid of this guy. This <laughs> guy, terrible. But fantasy but, football, good but Lord, there's, turned me into a villain. Jeff, whenever you speak about the NFL the way you're speaking about them now, when you sp- speak about the NFL only looks at its fans as a cash register. This applies to all leagues, by Okay, because I was going to say, I can't yeah. help but, but think that maybe you're using this as a way to uh, speak poorly about the NFL because. No, no, no. It's every, every an league because. You openly listen, hate. listen. <laughs> the NBA has its own problems. And they well, said it's the same play. problem, and it's 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 the same, but it's problems. all financial. Like we want your money, and and for me, it's it's been like one of those revealing, not revealing. It's been one of those situations where you 
you look at it and you think, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like a, I don't feel like a human because of this. I feel like you see me as a dollar sign. Every sport, every, every sport out there treats their customers as a dollar sign, which is fine. Which but is what, whatever. But I'm just it, curious. It, what do you expect them to look at you but, as? But you know. It, it's it's kind of to me it's too cynical. Like why hasn't what's his name Adam Silver? Is his name? It's too cynical. Yeah. Why hasn't Adam Silver had a Jeff Morton Appreciation Day yet? <laughs> he might. Well, they would have a they would have a Nate Timmons Appreciation Day before they have mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nate, Nate's much less offensive than I am. Well, here's and, another headline real ahead. quick because I think the NFL is uh, turning a corner. Right. Here's a headline: NFL creates VP of Social Responsibility. Uh, they created this position. They, yeah, and they've hired three great jobs here. They've right. hired. Uh, they've appointed. It's funny. They they haven't hired. They have appointed three women as domestic violence advisors. Jesus, what? <laughs> domestic violence advisors? I don't know. It's so interesting because they're, the they, they're starting the to sound. They're starting to sound a lot like just like uh, the. United States Senate or something like that. They're trying like, to just tell you stuff to like, try to we're make We're doing you, this. We've done all these things, and it's like you know. Really you know when the matter. president creates a czar of something. This is our activities director czar. Yeah, yeah. This is our, you know it's a it's a it's the a domestic violence czar. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a title that really means absolutely nothing. They're, what they're basically saying is, oh, here's a woman. Um, we're going to give you an office and pay you about a million dollars a year. You're gonna get. You, this we is a title man for 1. you. We would pay him for a bit. Yeah. Here's this. You go be our communications czar, focusing on domestic abuse, and then the NBA, the NFL, or any league before that minor would do the same thing. Could say, "Oh, look what we're doing. We created a. Uh, we created a department. You know, it's always about creating a department. We created a department of of." We're the you first know, league to have oral this. dependency. You know? <laughs> how how stoked is, are all the people in the NHL? Oh, They're yeah. just like, <laughs> nobody cares about us. Even the NBA. We beat I mean, the shit out of our wives, yeah. murder people all the time. doesn't matter. Yeah, even in the NBA, they're like, yeah, we've got and racism problems. Baseball, Jesus, like everything. Like every <laughs> sport's like, this is great. Like, and somebody who said, I was listening to Simmons' podcast, and they're like, man, Johnny Manziel may as well just go to Vegas every weekend now. I mean, nobody's going to care if you're a party boy <laughs> at this moment. You know? you got right. bigger well, fish like, to fry. Oh, they but remember when Michael Sam though? was supposed to be the biggest distraction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Michael Sam. <laughs> and now look at what's happening. God. Roughing oh. the snapper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't remember who was talking about that. That was funny. Roughing the snapper. That was uh, uh, Philip Rivers. I did his snapper's career. <laughs> oh, man. NFL. What else you got for Doesn't the headlines? Doesn't Philip Rivers have 25 I do want to talk about uh, the, the Broncos a little bit more. Okay. Uh, and just talk about how... Seems like right, we haven't talked about them at all. They're, they're the best team in the NFL and the worst team in the NFL come from the AFC West. Uh, Broncos, probably the best team in the NFL as of today. Raiders stink. Raiders bags. are the worst, right? But i got to say... Whoa. This is becoming a weekly thing. <laughs> well, yes, like all these freaking web pages now. Anytime you go to them, they just automatically load shit. Is that Sugar Ray? Just wanted to, I was on the ESPN. <laughs> yeah, no, trying to pull up the Broncos box score. Pieces of shit. Uh, but I will Ray. say, uh, the Chargers. Thanks, dicks. They, they look pretty hey, good. I gotta say, the Broncos got to play the Chargers twice this yes, year. Yes, they do. Uh, the AFC West might be, not be as easily won as, as everybody thinks. The Chargers look pretty They look very good. good against pretty the Seahawks. Goddamn good. I mean... And, and very good. And uh, a few years ago, a lot of people have been high on them, and they're high on the Chargers every year. But it seems like it's this true. year might be a year. Yeah, but they don't have Norv Turner as their coach yeah, now, they so they obviously they may decent. have a chance. Well, I was down on Cutler or Rivers three years ago. I said he is done. He is like definitely reached his peak, and now is fallen down. and And his numbers would have supported that. But the last couple of years and, and the last couple of games, he's looked pretty goddamn good. Well, we're talking I'm a little about scared it. about the Chargers. In yeah, a, me too. In a little segment I like to call stuff we were talking about before the podcast, <laughs> we're talking about Darren Sproles, right? Like this guy oh, is with yeah. the Chargers. He leaves. The Chargers obviously feel like that they, they missed his role and they traded for Danny Woodhead or signed him or whatever they did. Very similar type of player, just in stature, right? But, but Sproles much is better. just a beast. Sproles is much look, better. Look at, look at the freaking... Sproles might be the best player in the NFL. Look at the Saints, okay? <laughs> they, they, they replaced Reggie Bush 
was good with Darren Sproles, who is probably better, and then they let him go. Well, Darren Sproles is one of these guys that I'm just glad the Chargers don't have him. You, yeah, I am too. Thank God. But I think that the reason why they had to get rid of him in San Diego was because he couldn't say San Diego. <laughs> and they got rid of him in New Orleans because he couldn't say the Saints. <laughs> so they, they sent him to Philadelphia <laughs> where he's just the What, does he have a lisp? Eagles. <laughs> does he have a weird Mike Tyson-esque lisp? <laughs> is he Mike Tyson? Maybe Mike Tyson is Darren Sproles. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. It's a mess. <laughs> he's got a bit of he's got a bit of a speech impediment. That went full. I thought the I thought the that went full. Favorite player with Wuffle Wilson. Wuffle Wilson, <laughs> former Rockies draft pick. But Darren Sproles is man. I would like to have him on my team. Oh man, you know they want. I think there's pretty good, pretty good indication that the Broncos wanted Ronnie Hillman to be the Darren Sproles esque. I can't stand Ronnie back, Hillman. and yeah, Ronnie Hillman either. has been nothing but disappointment. CJ Anderson's here. the shit. CJ, I liked it. I liked. It. Listen, I thought uh, CJ Anderson looked better to me against the Chiefs than uh, than uh, Monty Ball did. I mean, and, and Monty I, played I, a lot better, but I, 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 that's what I'm trying to figure out too. Is it is it the line or is it the vision of the running backs? I think it's the vision. I was noticing uh, CJ Anderson hitting cutbacks a lot better than than Monte Ball does. And it was it was very I said, no no salt <laughs> on the margarita. <laughs> <laughs> it was I noticed that too. But uh, listen, the, you know the Broncos got various and sundry issues, and most of them I have ever. I, okay, let me ask you guys this, and, and I've been grow, increasingly frustrated with the Broncos' approach to their offense, like basically from the end of the second quarter to the end of the game. Um, specifically, actually, there was this the drive they scored the field goal on to put them up. Uh, what was it? You mean Landon McManus? <laughs> when they hit the field goal, He's my new favorite when, place when, kicker. When they when they did that, the Broncos got a That's great from, from uh, kick return from who was it? Uh, who kicked? Who re- but anyway, and they the guy re- with the dreads. Latimer Spruce. was it? Latimer? Yeah. Is it the guy with the dreads? Nineteen? Is that was like, it? undrafted rookie? They got. There's got to be a question in here yeah. somewhere. Anyway. That offensive drive looked no, the, extremely. The question was, who are the names of all these players? Yeah, <laughs> that that offensive drive looked extremely conservative to me. Like they were playing not to win. It was it's absurd. It didn't didn't. I think look, I understand what your question is. It didn't look like a Manning offense to What's me. Your it looked question? like it looked like a looked like a. Uh, are so, you guys upset? So Nate, <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you see? Did you see a conservative offense at the end of the game? Did you see? Uh-oh. Did you see them like divert from play do the passing offense to <laughs> to uh, hey this is what happens I'll when you, this is question. what happens when you sass mouth the me question. all right yes. I, I directed for yes. Jesus it's extremely Christ, conservative that took a long time to get there. It's extremely conservative <laughs> it's absurd well here's the other it thing is too absurd right you know it is well here's what I've been trying to figure out so when when the Broncos had Shanahan remember they'd start out every year like six and zero oh, and all and the plays looked unbelievable. Finishes your 10 and, and it, 6. Yeah, and then it was like, holy shit, the entire league has adjusted to what we're doing, and we can't run any of these freaking bootlegs every three plays that Shanahan likes to run. And now I'm trying to figure out, are, are the Broncos, you know, in the second half, and the Colts and the Chiefs, are, the, are they making adjustments, the opposition, to stop the offense, or is the Broncos stopping themselves? Well, the, the, a lot of people are saying that the, the Broncos are playing, like, withholding some of their playbook. Right, because they don't want to expose their game plan so that so that other teams can stop it. Well, they definitely. This is a game coming up against the Seahawks where you would want to have some plays up your sleeve because you got to get a psychological advantage if you face them in the Super Bowl and you got to beat them next week. I, I will say this: I will say the whole notion of withholding plays. I mean, we act like that, that every year there are there's there's not there's new plays. Like, they, like all of a sudden, there's new plays that, that it's like teams an old play they right? <laughs> Like, well, it's just like, like fashion, right? right? Like, they just recycle something. Well, of course, right? And you my see little brother's dressed as a greaser the, now. Reverse, your little brother's a greaser. Driving me nuts. He calls my, himself that. Hashtag yeah. greaser. My nephew's a soch. <laughs> what uh, sociopath? <laughs> but like, there's no new plays. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no new plays. They're, the Broncos are not withholding some sort of no, they're not. You know, new like uh, like screen play or some new bubble screen or, or revert like that's not how it works i mean you just the, what there happens have... is what happens is the broncos are definitely the team that gets out in front and then starts playing conservatively and that's absurd 
It drives it me nuts. Stupid. It drives it me nuts. It is one hundred percent stupid. These the Broncos should finish the half with half the points they're going to score in the whole game. Dude, meaning they should score forty eight points a game, and and they should keep going after them. They shouldn't say, "All right, guys, we got a seventeen point lead. All right, let's not lose this game." But you're right, Jeff. They're doing that exactly. It's, it's how fun was it to watch the Patriots that year when they ran the score up on everybody and just kicked the crap out of teams? That's, that's what Denver should be doing. Denver should that's be what doing the Broncos that. were doing last year. You shouldn't just be letting and, teams in the game. And you know the, the Broncos are acting like a team that is ashamed to. Be be who they are, to be quite honest with you. That's what it's like. The, the, the results of the Super Bowl so shamed them that they're now like afraid to be the dynamic offensive team that, that they are. And that is why I hope the Broncos get beat by the Seahawks on Sunday by 40 points. I'm not even joking. I hope they fucking get beat. Well, because Jack Del Rio and John Fox are cowards. I'm serious. They're cowards. They play it so conservatively after they get a big lead. It's like they, we, they know what they have in the first half, oh, and yeah. then they protect the lead for the second half. It's like oh, that yeah. jerk Please. in Vegas that has the blackjack card, and he's consulting it on every hand. And it's like, just freaking I'm not hit, kidding. Just take a the hit on 16, thing, baby. Yeah. Come on, the best thing that could happen with the Broncos is this weekend get not only beat but destroyed and embarrassed again by the Seahawks. What if they win 56 nothing? <laughs> That'd be cool, too. Well, yeah. The rest of the season, okay. they just blow everybody there's only two, And then they'll <laughs> lose to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl or something. No, no there's but, only, there's only no. two. But more. you're right. I'd take 56 to nothing. No, I, but, but Ross, Ross, you are right. I actually kind of, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I kind of wish that they would lose this just so they break themselves out of this stupid conservative ridiculousness that they've been in. That, that, I mean, Nate, you had to have seen. Well, should they just like... This. That's the other thing, too, is it's... You know, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, do they fire John Fox? Like, that's going to be the next thing. Is Didn't he they the just guy sign him into an extension? Though? Yeah, but, I mean, is he the guy holding the team back? Like, if they're legitimately not calling plays, like if Adam Gaze comes out in the offseason, let's say they lose in the, in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs this year, and Adam Gaze comes out with a story. I'm just totally making this up where he's like... You know, I wanted to call plays this way, but you know the coaches wouldn't let me, and blah blah blah. My hands were tied, and yada yada. I mean, what if what if what if that's going on? You know, Gates is like, let's throw this ball. Not that Gates is probably, maybe he's a conservative too. I don't know. Well, I don't think Gates is conservative, or like Peyton is he? Going I don't. More maybe it, you know it makes me wonder. Who because, can we blame and cause, get fired? Because Peyton has a lot Just of control like, over this offense. What it makes mob me, can we form? Yeah, my, my, we need to get a Twitter mob going. <laughs> we need to get um, a mob going to try to get someone. We need to place the blame but on someone. It's interesting because Peyton has a lot of control over this offense, and it makes me wonder if it's him who's ashamed. If it's him who like took the took the results. No, in the he's last not ashamed. He freaking runs shotgun on the three yard line. Well, yeah, he does. I love but I mean, stats. But I mean, the second half, it's like there's no. It's it's inexplicable why the Broncos are two completely different teams. Yeah, one in the first half and one in the second half. And it's like, okay, what we're going to do is channel what John Fox did in Carolina and run the ball in the line three times in a row, or do a short dink pass. Now, some of this could have to, could do with Wes Welker being out, and he was the security blanket on third down. But dude, nothing makes me more upset than when it's like third and seven and they throw a three yard pass. Uh, I know. And the Broncos have done that, regardless of the head coach, that for is, that about is like, thirty-two years. That's like the running. <laughs> that's it's like handing the ball to Sammy Winder and having him run directly into the line. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what that is. It's just a mess. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see uh, what happens gonna, this weekend. Yeah. It's. Uh, I. I. Listen, I, I'm with Ross on this. Back in my mind, I think maybe it would benefit the Broncos to get smacked around. I, I think that there, there had, and this probably happened with the Colts as well, is that Peyton Manning is such a presence, and he's such a, uh, such an athlete. I mean, Peyton Manning is, I mean, he's probably the best quarterback to ever play the game, and he's probably the best football player to ever walk on the field. And that goes to the head of everybody around and thinking, you know what, we need to follow Peyton Manning and we need to understand what he does. And, we, he, and, and we've always joked about how Peyton Manning's running the team and not John Fox. But maybe we need a little more Pete Carroll in our organization Hell yeah. saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to be out there and we don't care what people think of us. Be who and, you are. And, and, I mean, Peyton Manning is almost... Our fans are going to love us. The Detroit, the Detroit Bad Boys, their fans love those teams. You know, like you get an identity, you roll with it, and you just go with it. You people know? were Come so on. people the took the lessons of the Super Bowl and extrapolated it to this ridiculous notion that the Broncos should be who they're not. This this run it into the run it into the line team, 
conservative offense, and it just it doesn't. It feels like a square peg round hole situation right now. The Broncos are trying to be something they are completely not, and it bothers me. It bugs me. It feels like we got a bunch of guys running the team that think they're smart because they have Peyton Manning on their team. But they're not smart because they have Peyton Manning on their team. They're lucky because they have Peyton Manning on yep. their team. And before we know it, the Broncos are going to go another couple years without winning a Super Bowl, and it's going to be Pete Carroll winning two or three in a row, and it's going to be Chip Kelly winning a couple in there maybe. Yeah. And <laughs> Chip Kelly. You know, and I mean, come on. There's no arguing with Chip Kelly is is part of the new he, wave. He does something. And John Fox is part offense. of. Yep. I, I don't know what John Fox does. I still don't know. He he seems he plays, like a great he, coach. He has a blackjack card. Well, he plays everything by the book. You know what we did this it's week? Outrageous. Was we, uh, and it's and it's not fun to watch. We ran the ball. I into always the talk line about how it was times. way more fun when Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow were the quarterback because uh, we didn't have any expectation expectations. You know, we're going to run the ball down the field and then. Uh, you know, we're going to deal with it. Next man up. <laughs> Next man up. Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's our time for this one. Let's get the heck All out of here. All right. Good uh, job, everybody. See you uh, next week, guys. Yeah, we'll be back Thursday with Gamblers on the Storm. Fantastic.